are you? It's good to see you. You too. It's been so long. Yeah. I actually saw you. I was driving on Hawaii the other day, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't see me. I was crazy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's been. Look at this. We have a full August, I think. Yay. Hi, Paul. Hi, I'm Meta. We've emailed. Oh, nice to meet you all. Thank you for serving. I am interrupting the start of the meeting, but I just wanted to say hi. Thank you. Bye. Ready? Yep. Okay. Um, good evening, and welcome to the January 19th, 2023 special meeting of the Historic Preservation Committee. Can we please have a roll call? Okay, we have Member Krieg. Member Krieg? Oh, present. <laughs> Member Mueller? Here. Member Rubrick? Present. Did I do it right? Member Sora Soriano? Here. Member Purzell? Here. Thank you so much. Um, uh, we can move on to public communications, which is the time set aside for us to hear um, from any persons wishing to address us on, oops, that is not what's happening right now. Consent item first. No, we can do, we can do public. Okay, yeah, any, um, any member of the public here to speak with us on um, a topic not on the agenda. Do we have anyone here? No, I have no public comment. Okay, thank you so much. So with that, we can move on to consent item number one, which is approval of the Historic Preservation Committee July 20th, 2022 and August 18th, 2022 meeting minutes. Were there any comments or corrections on the meeting minutes? I don't see, no, I didn't see anything. Okay, you want me to take a roll? To somebody make a motion? Do you have any, any comments on the meeting minutes? No. Okay. I'm, should I make a motion sure. to approve? I'll second. And can we please have a roll call? Member Creek? Yes. Uh, you could actually just say abs absent. Oh, absent. Yes. And <clears throat> yes, we'll get there. Okay, Member Creek? Absent. Mueller? Member Mueller? Yes. Member Rubrick? So if I wasn't abstain. Abstain. Member Soriano? Uh, yes. Member Purzell? Yes. Motion carries. Um, we can then move on to consent item number two, which is approval of the Historic Preservation Committee 2023 calendar. And I believe we have a quick staff report associated with that. Would we need any, any additional information? No additional information. The staff report was really just the calendar that was posted. Okay, great. Um, I will make a motion to approve the calendar as presented. And I'll second. Okay, Member Creek? Yes. Member Mueller? Yes. Member Rubrick? Approve. Member Soriano? Yes. Member Purzell? Yes. Motion carries. Great. Okay, with that, we can move on to our 
formal items, and I understand we're gonna swap the order this evening, so we'll actually be hearing formal item number four first, which is project 220159, Rigetti House Mills Act, located at 125 Park Row. Um, I believe we do have a staff presentation. Yes, uh, thank you, Chair Purcell, members of the HPC. The item before you this, e this evening is a Millsack contract for the owner of the Rigetti House. It's local landmark number 45. It's located at 125 West Park Row. Next slide, please. The Mills Act is a state law that um, authorizes local governments to enter into contracts with owners of local landmark properties. And then that allows for an alternative tax assessment that can result in lower property taxes for the, the landmark property. In return for the lower tax assessment, the property owner is expected to use the tax savings to improve and maintain the property in accordance with the regulations of the State Office of Historic Preservation and the Secretary of Interior Standards for Treatment of Historic Properties. The city's application uh, for Mills Act contract requires a plan for the continued maintenance of the property, which includes the nature and the cost of any rehabilitation, restoration, or preservation work. The contracts are for a minimum of 10 years, and they automatically renew each year. And they run with the property, meaning that it can be passed on to future owners. The city adopted our Mills Act program in 2004, and of the 117 landmarks designated in the city, Approximately 45 of them have taken advantage of the program. And staff, we probably average one to three Mills Act requests per year. Next slide, please. Back to the subject of this um, item. The Rigetti House is located on the north side of West Park Row Avenue between Olive Street and, West and uh, Ventura Avenue. There is one other landmark in the area and there are three potential landmarks in the vicinity. Next slide, please. The Rigetti House was designated a local landmark by City Council in 1980 for embodying the distinctive characteristics of a type, period, or method of construction. It was built in 1895 for Daniel Rigetti. The architect is unknown. The house was moved to Park Row Avenue from Main Street in 1947. The house was owned by the Rigetti family until 1922, and they ran a general merchandise store on Main Street. Next slide, please. The house is a two-story, late Queen Anne period house with elements of classical revival. Architecturally, the house is important as one of the relatively few unaltered examples of a late Queen Anne period remaining in Ventura. It has a tower, gables, and tip that are typical of a Queen Anne, and then the colonial revival is apparent in the large sweeping curved porch with its classical columns. Next slide. The property owner has estimated that a total of $114,000 in improvements and maintenance during the next 10-year period. They have provided a conceptual timeline for the property preservation and rehabilitation items that are included in the contract. Um, should those be necessary to protect the structural integrity of the property or prolong the life of the building, and those that preserve the character-defining features of the structure, and those that restore the structure according to the standards. Only the exterior of the nominated, um, the landmark is, was, um, is part of the landmark protection. 
uh, and the entire ex exterior fabric of the structure will be subject to the contract. Any activity outside of routine maintenance will re require review and approval from the city, including items that do not require a building permit or may not require formal planning application. Next slide, please. Staff does recommend that the Historic Preservation Committee approve by, uh, through a minute motion, recommending the City Council approve the Mills Act contract, and staff is available for any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do we have, before we move on to public comment, any questions of staff? Hearing none, um, we can go ahead and open public comment. Um, do we have any members of the public who would wish to speak on this item? We have one public speaker on this item. Great. Okay, so I'm gonna call up Stephen Schaefer. Uh, good evening, my name is Stephen Schaefer. I'm uh, president of the San Buenaventura Conservancy. I usually come up to speak on all of Jared's items just to make sure that he gets nervous. <laughs> uh, can you go back to that last slide? <laughs> I want to make sure to point out that the um, exterior paint and maintenance is, is probably the most accurate slide I've, line I've ever seen on a historic property. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, because I own a historic house and, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, it's, it's a pain and maintenance. But anyway, uh, from, a, from a technical standpoint, from a Mills Act standpoint, as you go through this list, um, uh, as the, con the Conservancy is very supportive of uh, historic landmarks and historic landmarks becoming um, Mills Act properties, so that's fantastic. Technically, the water heater system upgrade probably wouldn't qualify, um, so you guys can discuss that amongst yourselves. Uh, everything else uh, looks really solid, um, so that, that finishes my comment. Thanks. Thank you. That's all the public comment we have for this item. And close the public portion of the hearing and move on to um, deliberate on this item. Um, Chair Brazil, yes. I just wanted to mention that the um, the property owners are here, um, and I didn't know if they wanted to get an opportunity to say anything, but I just wanted to make sure they did get an opportunity if in case they wanted. That's to. great. Thank you so much. Um, did whoever is the property owner <laughs> anything you'd like to add? Um, I just do you want to come up yeah, and speak into microphones, guys, so that the recording can hear you? Yeah. Okay, that's how it works, too. I am Catherine Rossetti. Um, my husband, Paul, and I um, own uh, this house on Park Row, uh, and I just want to say thank you for the consideration. Um, we've lived in the neighborhood a while and have admired this house for a long time, so when the opportunity came to buy it, we were really excited to, to own this just, you know, kind of cool piece of Ventura history, so thank you for the consideration. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. Um, we can then go ahead and close the public portion of the hearing and move on to um, deliberation. So um, we're neighbors. I live right down the street from you. So I just wanted to say that I'm really excited to see this happening. I walk by your house very regularly. So hope to see you out there. Um, did any, any committee members wish to comment? Mr. Mueller? Well, I do have a comment. and. Uh, I'd like to thank the applicants for their care of this uh, apparently rare piece of uh, Queen Anne uh, architecture. Uh, and, you know, the 
Exterior pain is what I have at my house, so I can just imagine what uh, you must uh, be confronted with. And we, we do want to support uh, our residents who are, undertake this sort of work, and uh, we're very grateful for your, uh, your dedication. Uh, and uh, I guess I don't have any other questions, but I won't be available to help you paint. Um, since it was brought up in public comment, I do think we should talk about the um, the list here, just generally speaking. I believe the intention of the Mills Act is to keep, you know, properties to retain character-defining features and uh, keep properties in use. And so I have to be honest, I'm not exactly sure what the exact language in the law is in terms of... Um, what would be included, what would be acceptable. So I know that all of these things um, further preserve the building and, and keep it in use. Um, but if there's any other, if there's thoughts on that, I'd love to discuss further. Is it generally exterior? Yeah, I can clarify, it doesn't drill down that far. It really is just um, the intent behind it is to um, preserve and maintain the uh, landmark. Um, you know, we go into more detail than you sometimes see. Um, it's good to be consistent with, with the um, ultimate goal, which is more the exterior of the public benefit. Mm -hmm. um, since the public is, is providing the um, tax incentive there should be a public benefit that mostly translates to exterior rather than interior, but the in healthy interior can reflect in a healthy exterior as well, so it's, it's, it is a little <coughs> bit of, you know, playing together there as well. I agree, and it's also not a large item, and that, that total project investment is pretty large, so I am in support, um, and were there any other any other comments? Or? Well, I actually have a question now that I look at the list. And we've looked at these before. And of course, they involve interior as well as exterior items. Uh, we're trying to be holistic about preserving the entire structure, even though the exterior is the only thing that we're mostly concerned with. But uh, I don't see plumbing up there. And boy, that can be a real trapdoor if, if drains start to collapse or, or you know bad things happen to old pipes. Well, so like the. The contract renews every year, so this will last for the next 10 years and then, but we don't require them to come back in 10 years with a whole new list. So when the plumbing um, uh, portion is required, it can just be added to the list at that time as far as, you know, in coordination with the city and um, there, there will be no, no requirement to come back and, and certify a list with the HPC at that time. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So can you, if there was one thing that wasn't going to be applicable, like say the water heater system or kitchen repair, being that it's an interior room, I mean, you can't, can you conditionally approve like a portion of this? Well, I would say if, so something that caused a little debate in the past, and maybe um, Steve can remember, would be um, uh, upgrading the uh, internet, um, the cables. That required, you know, caused some discussion. And I would say if anything that the HPC is uncomfortable with, it feels it's not quite as appropriate to be on the list, then just um, re request to have that taken off the list, and there's no problem there. 
And can you also just clarify, Jared, so you were just saying that, so it renews every 10 years. Yep. Um, and so say in two years something is, things can be added at any time. Correct. And those won't, that those changes won't come before HPC. That's made, those decisions <coughs> are made at the staff level once the contract is in place. Right, so there's, there's two levels there. Um, anything that requires a permit or would affect the, the landmark nature of the property would be required to be reviewed by the HPC. Okay. Um, we're just talking about maintenance and repair mm -hmm. is, is basically the intent of these types of lists. So um, those type of things don't typically um, trigger a review by HPC or even you know, staff review other than uh, maybe like a, a permit review. Mm -hmm. So that th this is the intent of this list. It's more uh, repair and maintenance. Landscaping seems vague. <laughs> so we have had landmarks in the past where the HPC thought that the, the, the existing landscaping um, was something that should be protected as well. Mm -hmm. And so it was an extra comment um, made um, to add it to the list. So it, sometimes it gets taken off the list, sometimes it will be added on. Um, in this case, the house was moved here so we really uh, probably wouldn't say that the landscaping is um, important to be kept on the list, but um, it is something that we'd want to see maintained as well when we go out there and check, see how everything's doing. Um, we wouldn't want to see uh, you know, an overgrown, weedy uh, um, property with a, with a really nice house on top too. So it's up to you. So something reasonable. members I do feel that the landscaping is not I mean it's if the landscaping is not a character defining feature and that's just um, like regular maintenance of the property I, I I do feel like it would be it's a little bit of a stretch but it's, it's also not like offensive to me I feel upkeeping the property like this is you know I think having, yeah, and I think having yeah. the landscaping in there is more of an incentive as well to maintain the landscape that's part of it. I mean, on my breakdown of it, it looks like the landscaping is the biggest portion for sure. Um, but, and then out of curiosity, the, within the 10 years for these to maintain the property, is that that's not required that all of this gets done within 10 years, correct? That's also correct. Uh, when we have gone out and um, checked up, see how everyone's doing, more often than not, it kind of goes the other way. They thought the painting was going to cost you know, $5,000 and it ends up it's going to cost $9,000. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that. Yeah, so, so it's, yeah. that's what we've seen more often, that yeah, we weren't able to get to item number six because item number three cost so much, than, much more than we thought. So yeah, no one's putting their feet under the fire for something like that. It's hard to estimate what the main oh, for maintenance sure. is gonna be where, yeah, like you're saying, one thing could be way more. But um, so uh, basically, is, it, is the property checked to make sure it is being maintained to the certain standard? Not necessarily to these specific numbers, 
Correct. We're going out there. We're using the list as a more of a tool, mm-hmm. saying like, well, how, were you able to get to this? Were you able to get to that? Yeah. But we're mostly looking like, you know, is it being maintained? Is it being preserved? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's um, looking like it's not being maintained, preserved, then then we, we want to work with the property owner to get it back to where it should be. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to pull up the estimated total this one? value. Yeah. Yeah. Under preservation timeline. Wow, so the landscaping really is a lot. How large is the property? What's the square footage again? Sorry. Like a quarter Ten acre? Thousand? Yeah, about a quarter acre. Is there a certain amount of landscaping that needs to be initially done? to the property? Like is there a, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Sorry, just, it's for the recording, yeah. You can actually sit here if you're more comfortable. Yeah, if you're more comfortable, you can sit at the table. It's up to you. Yeah, (laughs) just have a seat and then. Okay. Oh, those mics on. Honestly, there's, I, to figure out how to even like fill out the list, I pulled up the past ones you've approved and used that like as a guide, so. The landscaping estimate was mostly just like our recurring landscaping costs, like you know, estimated out over 10 years. Um, there certainly were like more items I could have added, but there were only so many lines on the form. But, but it's a big property. So. Yeah, but the, the landscaping one was approved on multiple past ones, which is the main reason I like added it this time. Why don't we work through, if you guys are up for it, let's just work through the list really quickly. So I think the foundation and chimney repairs totally on board if anyone everyone's on board definitely with that. yeah okay mm-hmm. uh termite damage for definitely. sure also have that at my house so i totally get that um weatherproofing exterior windows windows yes um water heater system upgrade i'm generic on that one i'm fine with it um paint exterior maintenance okay so then we're at landscaping and we have the kitchen repair, plaster, interior doors, and interior hardware. So I think it just, for me, comes down to the landscaping. Because if it's not character-defining, I feel like that's a large, it's just a large number. So maybe... Um, and when was it moved to the new location, exactly? 1947. 1947. Yeah. And let's see. Those a pretty cool pictures in the Ventura County Star. From, from, living. Living. from that day. Yeah. And when was it designated as a historic landmark? Was it 1980? So it was designated with the new landscaping, not the original landscaping. Right, like okay. the landscaping the doesn't one. contribute to its yeah. character necessarily. Well, it's not character defining. You know, if you had like a, if you had a, you know, a landscape, a surrounding landscape that was very (coughs) defining of the property, I would feel differently. And just since it's such a large number, I did not realize that. 
at the onset. So I'm wondering if we, if we're comfortable with all the other items, maybe we want to approve sands the landscaping. Does that affect the city? Um, it's not gonna affect sure. anything. It, okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. And does it affect the numbers as far as no. the? No. Okay. And for example, maybe a little, I mean, research, if there, if it, if something changes, if it does turn out that it is character defining, but I don't, I do not believe that it does. There's no objection for me. Yeah. It was hard for me to figure out what should make it oh, on yeah. that list anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like so yeah. that wouldn't affect the, the it savings? Like it does. It shouldn't affect it. No. No. Not much. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay, so would anyone like to make a motion? Well, I move that it be approved um, as submitted um, with a different landscape number. Is that what we're with, or as is? With, with the with landscaping the not um, included, I believe. Okay, so we will uh, uh, make a motion to approve as submitted uh, with the uh, Exhibit B list uh, minus uh, the item for landscaping and maintenance. I'll second that. Okay, let me go ahead and take a vote. So we have Creek. Yes. Mueller. Yes. <clears throat> Rubric? Yes. Soriano? Yes. Prezel? Yes. Motion carries. Great. Thank you so much. Okay, with that, we can move on to our last yes, formal item, nice which job. is project number 220129, Breaky House Mills mm -hmm. Act, located at 411 Poli Street, and I believe we have a staff report. Yes, thank you, Chair Perzell, HPC members. The item before you this evening is also for a Mills Act contract for the owner of the Breaky House property located at 411 Poli Street, also known as Local Historic Landmark Number 64. Next slide, please. As previously mentioned in the previous report, the Mills Act is a state law for historic properties which authorizes local governments to get into, to enter into contracts with owners of local landmark properties and allow for alternative tax assessments. The contract is for a minimum of 10 years, automatically renewing each year and runs with the property, meaning it can pass on to future owners. Next slide, please. The Brakey House is located on the north side of Poli Street at the corner of Brakey Road and Poli Street, outlined in red here. And there is one other landmark and one other potential landmark in the vicinity of the Brakey House. Next slide, please. The Brakey House is located on the north side of Poli Street at the, I'm sorry, the Brakey House was designated at a, as a local landmark by City Council in 1985 for being the home of a notable resident, Robert Brakey. It was built in 1890 for Mr. Brakey, although the architect is unknown. The house was owned by the Brakey family until approximately the 1940s. The Brakey family ran a building moving business throughout the 19th and 20th century, with one of the notable buildings being moved, including the Port Wyneme Lighthouse. Next slide, please. 
The house is a two-story Victorian vernacular style with elements of Eastlake architecture. Additionally, the house includes a medium-pitched gable roof and an L-shaped two-story porch. Next slide, please. The property owner has estimated a total of $146,800 in improvements and maintenance during the next 10-year period. They have provided a conceptual timeline for property preservation and rehabilitation items included in the Mills Act contract. Should, should be those necessary to protect the structural integrity of the property and prolong the life of the building. This includes fumigation, roof repairs, exterior and interior repainting, structural and electrical improvements, replacement of electrical posts and lightning, and window replacement and flooring replacement. Next slide, please. Staff recommends that the HBC recommend approval of this Mills Act contract. Staff is available for any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, um, any questions of staff? Mr. Miller? Well, thank you for a very complete report. Um, we've been talking about the actual list of items, and, um, you know, um, we had a fire a few years ago that got down to the parking lot here of City Hall and could have jumped Poli Street to one of our historical structures. Uh, similarly, we've had floods this past uh, week, and I noticed there's a big retaining wall there, uh, hopefully stable, and uh, a chance of mudslides uh, above and behind the, the, the structure. Um, my question is more generic. It's, it's, I'm not putting you in the crosshairs, but is there anything presently that, that the applicant has to provide in the way of a uh, you know, uh, possibility for some disaster that might occur or befall uh, the place? Or uh, is the city have regulations for fire control that have to be observed? Or how are you dealing with this in any way here? The application doesn't have anything regarding the retaining wall and mudslide protection. Um, the applicant is here if you, if you want to ask about that specifically, but <laughs> as far as from a staff standpoint, no, we don't have anything regarding fire protection or mudslides. Or, right, and I'm not... And that's not something that's included in this It's not contract. a criticism. It's more in the way of a question. Sure. And I don't wish any ill on our applicant, you know, for uh, a new fire or a flood. Um, but I think you know we have to be mindful of, of the new environment that we seem to be in weather-wise, and it may take its toll uh, in ways that we haven't anticipated when we have the opportunity to you know to, to plan for that in in a place you know at a time like this. Well, maybe we should hear from the applicant about what your experience has been uh, in the past with the fire and floods that uh, occur from time to time here. Can we? Yeah, let's actually. Do we have any other questions yeah, of staff? And then we'll finish. Right, yeah. We'll finish this first and then we can have the applicant speak. Any other questions of staff directly? No. Okay, so with that, we can go ahead and open up public comment. Do we have any members of the public that wish to speak on this item? We have two members of the public. Excellent. We will start with Doug Mitchie. Mitchell? <coughs> Hi guys. Hi. Um, and I, I brought this up. Did you look at the Mills Act savings estimator? Did you guys?
guys look yes. at? Yeah, it's in there. They so. gave it a Mills Act valuation of the property of four thousand two hundred and twelve dollars. Doug, this portion is just to make public comment. So, do you, instead of posing questions to them, just um, speak what you'd like to say about the project, and then they can address it in their in their deliberation. Okay, I was just trying to point out because I know that you know the amount of tax dollars that uh, the city is giving up in exchange for this. Uh, it's important, I think, for the members to know what that is. Um, with the Park Rule House. Eight thousand something dollars a year. Uh, I think that this one's more accurately about six thousand six hundred and eighty-two dollars. The form were um, completed. In any case, um, I just want to say, as a neighbor next door, that I support completely this application. I've seen that she's already replaced the roof and the upper balcony, and I'm I'm hoping that with this uh, uh, exchange with the Mills Act that you'll invest the money to complete the renovation of the property. It's, it's in, for decades, it's been in really bad repair. And I can't imagine, the estimated value she has, I think, somewhat optimistic. She may find out it costs her more than that, but I think uh, certainly the tax savings that she'll get will be a, a fair uh, compensation to her for repairing one of our iconic landmarks, particularly one that's so close to here, the City Hall. So I just wanted to come out in support of that application. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we have one more additional, um, and that's Stephen Schaefer. Good evening again. Um, Stephen Schaefer, President of the San Bernardino Ventura Conservancy. Just in support of our landmarks, in support of the Mills Act in general, and in this, pro in this, this case as well. Um, so I, I don't see anything that stands out here. The, the theory uh, for electrical upgrades has always been that you don't want the house to burn down, so anything that you can upgrade on the electrical, even though it's invisible and inside walls, is always, um, always justifiable under Mills Act. And there are some cities that basically say the first thing you need to do is gutters and electrical before you do anything else on a Mills Act list. So that's, um, that's fine. Um, so yeah, just in support of the project. And it, you know, for, for both owners, uh, you know, the San Buenaventura Conservancy is the local 501c3 uh, historic preservation organization. We'd love to you know, support you if you have any questions about the Secretary of the Interior standards or preservation standards, historical standards, um, in need of contractors to fix windows and things like that, we, we can be a, a, a gateway and tool to point you in the right direction. So, you know, um, and we're online. So, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. That concludes public comment. Wonderful. We can go ahead and close public comment and move on to deliberation, I believe. Do you want to have the property owner, property owner, applicant speak? If she would like to, yes. No pressure. Without belaboring it too much, um, I bought the property with a really, really genuine interest. Um, of returning to a historic home. I grew up in the mountains in Colorado and lived in these types of homes most of my um, upbringing. Um, I was taken aback 
uh, as Mr. Mitchie has referenced, uh, ultimately about the condition of the property, it was significantly more challenging than what I was led to believe during the escrow process. So I sort of went into um, warp speed mode, as you just referenced, in doing things to protect the home, like replace the roof immediately. Um, there were code section violations within the house that were a page long, and they had been filed um, going back into February of last year, and the city of Ventura started contacting me about it. They were very, you know, um, worked with me on it, but I had to get all of that taken care of. Um, I also think that it's worth sharing that when I bought the home, there were homeless people hiding underneath the home, living in the home. And I was attacked by three of them over the course of about a 90-day period. They were doing drug deals behind the home. A homeless man moved into the water heater area without my really understanding that and ripped out $5,000 worth of copper piping, turned my water off, I didn't have water for three weeks, and destroyed the water heater. Um, I panicked a little bit, threw up a fence. Um, I was advised by the people that put the fence up that it should be put in the location where the pre-existing holes existed previously. So I went with that guidance, which ultimately ended up being a mistake. Um, I had a survey done, and I've removed much of the fence. If you talk with the city of Ventura police, um, the police came to my the Brakey home almost every day for about three months. It got to the point where when I called the police department, some of them said, hi, Lynette. And so that really impacted my progress um, because I went back to my previous home for a while and wasn't sure if I would be able to persevere. And I ultimately did with the support of some local friends that I have here. And so I finished the roof. And then I did want to share to your comments earlier, I really do think that if I'm going to make a mistake, it will have been to underestimate this cost um, because the roof itself, just doing that. So to your point, it was not a fire risk. The roof that was on the house was literally wood shingle with holes where you could see the sunlight coming through. And if so much as a match would have gotten on top of that roof, it, the house would have gone. It's now got a 30-year warranty composite, um, and that cost $63,800, just the roof alone. So that's it. I just thought those were the things to share. Is there any questions on any of that? Yeah, I have a question. Um, Thank you for, for explaining this project. And, uh, you know, we encourage applicants uh, to fight the good fight. Uh, this is a very big project, and it's an important landmark. And you're the one on the front lines of this, and we do appreciate that. Uh, my question is completely different. And I don't mean to add to your cares by uh, expanding the scope of potential problems. Yeah. And my question was, uh, you know, given the floods we've had in the last week, and uh, the fire that we've had a few years ago that burned almost down to your property line. Um, what's been your experience with those kinds of natural disasters and to what extent 
should our committee be mindful of protection uh, of landmarks uh, for these causes? You're right up I mean, against the hillside, so you might have some experience that would be helpful. And although I've never been in this city under those circumstances, I am in the housing industry, and I have had to evacuate a home several times down south because a fire came all the way up to the backyard. Um, there are several homes right behind me that seem very, very aware and well protected and cognizant. I have, um, I mean, you, I have a fire, uh, the safety alarms in every single room. I made sure that that got done before escrow closed. Um, we have fire extinguishers, you've got the wall. I also have a video on my phone because when it was raining last week, up in the hill behind the property, you do get a little bit of a river effect going. And it goes right, I mean, you know, luckily for the Brakey House, it goes right by the Brakey House and lands, unfortunately, on the bottom neighbor. And they probably have a problem. Um, I just think you have to be really, really aware and have good insurance. I have full coverage insurance. Not that that would really help because if the house ever breaks, burns down, that's the end of it. If there's something else that I can be doing, um, I'm certainly open to additional information or guidance. Okay, well, thank you. I, I don't know that we have any recommendations at this instant, but uh, as these can be reviewed from time to time, uh, you might give that some thought. Uh, fire insurance is fine, but as you say, if that, if that structure burns down, we don't have a way to replace yeah. it. And that'd be, tra that'd be a, tra a tragedy to me. Well, um, sure. Also, I fixed a lot of the electrical. There were open electrical uh, sockets inside the house when I first moved in that literally if you touched them they would electrocute you right. and so those yeah. have all been fixed yeah. um, the plumbing to your point I've replaced five out of the seven toilets because the city the water department kept calling me saying you have a leak but we didn't have a leak it was just the toilets were old and kept running mm -hmm. so you know I'm doing everything that I can and so far, things are going pretty darn well. In terms of the landscaping, I can understand why that might seem more cosmetic than anything else, but I think this property is a particularly good example of that front area is completely dirt, although now it's weeds because of the rain, and it, it really kind of takes away from the beauty of the property, in my opinion. So I'm trying now to do a little bit of work on the landscaping, but that's more cosmetic, so that went further down the list. I'm still trying to get the rest of the, you know, protective stuff done. Right. You don't have to do any brush clearance for fire control purposes that you know of. I have not. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We can uh, close public comment and deliberate. If anyone has any, any comments or um, things they'd like to discuss. Thank you so much for taking it on. Mm -hmm. It's a big project. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And I, I know you have no agency down here, but I think about you. Hey, woman. <laughs> That's what they do in these houses. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have any real comments on the on the list. I think um, I'm comfortable with the list. And did anyone have any any comments? Um, with that, then, I will make a motion to approve the Mills Act for the correct house name. Breaky House. Breaky House. 
um, as presented. And I will second. We could have a roll call. Oh, I'm sorry. No worries. <laughs> I'll just screw oh. <laughs> you, you know the rules. <laughs> okay, Member Creek? Yes. Member Mueller? Yes. Member Rubick? Yes. Vice Chair Soriano? Yes. Chair Prezell? Yes. Motion, Motion carries. We will have the February hearing. It's on February 16th, so expect um, uh, items on that agenda. Okay, great. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if there is nothing else, we can adjourn for the evening. <laughs>